Hey, Rose, do you ever call up Royally Obsessed on Alexa? It's one of the easiest ways to listen to the pod. You can hear our latest episode every week there, thanks to Amazon Music, which has a full catalog of podcasts, including Royally Obsessed. All you have to do is say, Alexa, play Royally Obsessed on Amazon Music. Oh, no, mine is listening to me say that right at this moment. <laughs> a royal reminder, new episodes drop every Thursday. Tune in on Amazon Music. Now on to the show. Please rise for their majesties of Royally Obsessed, the podcast for all things royals. Stand by! Three cheers for Her Majesty the Queen! And we're back with a new royal baby! Woo! Welcome back to Royally Obsessed. I'm Roberta. And I'm Rachel. And it's time for your weekly update on all the royal news you need to know, mainly about the baby, because we are so, so excited. That's all I want to talk about. For Eugenie and Jack, you can also follow us on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast. Join the Facebook group, Royally Obsessed, and write us an email at info at gallerypodcast.com. Rachel. Whew, I feel like how do we talk about anything else but Eugenie and Jack's baby? <laughs> Should we baby? just dive right in? <laughs> <laughs> well, how are you first? I want to hear how you are, and then we'll... I'm good. I'm good. Um, it was a fun weekend. I did a little bit of babysitting. What did you do? Nice. I babysat my niece, Izzy, um, and we had a grand old time. What about you? Oh, Finn's oh, birthday. Finn's- no, that sounds so nice. We're going to guess yeah, it. Yeah, we had Finn's, Finn turned three. It was a wonderful pandemic birthday. Very small. <laughs> Just us. Uh, nice. But he had a blast. And it was actually kind of nice because it was there was no external pressure. Like, I think that's one silver lining of the pandemic is that you don't really have to uh curtail to any like social norm like you just it was literally like we just did whatever we wanted for the yeah. day but we had cake and presents and it felt festive and you did the icing on the cake which was incredible so he's like super obsessed with orca whales and so we did a double decker two layer yes is what you call it two layer chocolate <laughs> a cake. Double decker cake and um i took on the icing responsibility and free handed an orca whale and i don't think it came out that bad it was kind of it looked kind of so sloppy but good you're being so modest i thought it was incredible i thought you bought the cake somewhere it was Aww, really well you're very amazing. sweet all right enough about enough about finn <laughs> and let's talk about eugenie and jack this news Yay. right before the podcast recording. This I was know. perfect timing. They timed it perfectly for us. They, they knew. knew. They knew we recorded at this time. Uh, well, we can quickly go over the details of it, but basically we got a, a wonderfully formal statement from the palace. Her Royal Highness Princess Eugenie was safely delivered, I love the past tense, of a son today, the 9th of February, 2021, at 8.55 a.m. at the Portland Hospital. Jack Brooksbank was present. The baby weighs eight pounds, one ounce. Also, there was a note that mother and child are both doing well. Yay. Yay. This is, is eight such pounds happy news. big. Is that a big baby? I feel, I feel like that's like, I feel like that's definitely a normal. little bit bigger, but it's more average. Finn was like around that. I think Finn was like eight pounds eleven ounces, if I remember okay. correctly. So I think that that's a little bit bigger. I think I was eight pounds actually. Yeah. I, I think, do think okay. that's bigger. But I don't um, know why. Maybe I think my niece was Pretty small. I think she might have been like six. Pounds. I don't yeah. know. I'm not sure. Yeah. Those, I mean, those lucky mothers, I guess, that have the small. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But no, but I also thought it was interesting that um, this, the Portland Hospital is where Megan gave birth. So it oh, has right. to be, it's slightly closer to the Windsor area, I would imagine. I mean, we don't know the exact reasoning of why they chose that, but I did MapQuest it because I was curious. It's an hour from the Royal Lodge, which is where they are, right? 
That seems not so close, but I guess is there anything that yeah it might be anything closer yeah maybe for privacy I feel like they were super discreet about Megan yeah so maybe that was why they saw how you know they kind of pulled that off pretty quietly and I think that maybe they wanted to do the same I don't know yeah totally totally um but my favorite was Eugenie shared a post on Instagram which is very like I think that's very modern and cool that she jumped on and posted it the same day we're getting the announcement. That's unusual for the royals. And And the photo is beautiful in black and white, too. I feel like it's it's really, really sweet. Yes, we have, like, the little hands and then uh, Eugenie and Jack's hand. And um, I love the caption and the simplicity of it, that it's three blue hearts, two exclamation points. So it's a boy. (laughs) I think I'm, I'm surprised it's a boy. And I actually feel like a lot of our listeners will be, too, because when we did the Instagram story poll on the Royally Obsessed Instagram account, everyone submitted girls' names. There was hardly any boys' names. So I feel like everyone was expecting it to be a girl. So it's really, it's a nice surprise. Frontrunner names for boys we know are Arthur and Henry. According to betting houses, those have nine to one odds. And that's kind of a nice nod to the family because William, his middle name is Arthur. Henry is actually Harry's real name. So we know that Eugenie is particularly close with her cousins, especially Harry. So I like both those names. I think they're both really cute. Arthur is Pippa's son's name. So kind of already taken, but not like within the strict confines of the royal family. So I definitely could see that. A couple of people on that same IG story poll I just referenced um, submitted Philip. Because Prince Philip's turning 100 this year. So oh, I thought that was really nice. There that would be really a, nice. Quite a few, actually, guest Philip. So, and this I mean, baby I told you most is the queen girl, and but. Philip's ninth great-grandchild, which is crazy. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I think people are lucky to even see, like, one great-grandchild. Mm-hmm. It's really incredible that they have nine now. Yeah. And I guess one more on the way. So with yeah. Zara. So that's just, like, really... I know. It's I mean, I think that Incredible. the thing about a royal baby too is it just always is it like just lifts us all up. I get so excited. I mean, to see this news, it like makes me kind of drop everything about my day and I get I mean, that's why we're royally obsessed, right? I'm sure we'll know the name by the time this episode comes out. Yeah. So I, I just am so excited to learn all the details. The christening, I feel like that's a big deal because Eugenie had a public christening, which is really oh, kind of breaks tradition. Yeah. And that usually takes place around like the third or fourth month. So that would right. be pretty soon, which is another occasion to look forward to in 2021. So much. I yeah. know. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> All right. Well, we have so much other royal news coming up. Kate and Williams back-to-back Zooms for Place to Be and Earthshot, individual Zooms. Uh, we also have Harry's surprise interview with James Corden. When that, when I saw that bubble up, I was like, wait, I what? can't wait for that to go live. <laughs> and a glimpse inside Princess Anne's royal living room, which I, that was also a really great behind the scenes. So that and so much more coming up on the podcast. But first, our royal refreshment. And now it's time for the weekly royal cocktail. Rachel, what did you bring? I have a it in a mug. mug. Well, no, I have it in a mug. I have, I'm drinking rosé because I feel like Valentine's Day, you know, something get it a little, pink, something yes. pink. What are you something sipping? Something festive. I have rosé as well and I added mineral water to mm. it, which I told you about, I think, before that oh, if, yeah. like, you just want to water down your wine. I um, still need to try that. Because obviously we have to do work after this. <laughs> I yeah. do have some raspberries in my glass, too. That is so pretty. I just up. was like, it's really delicious. I went with this, like, mug, but I, but mine's kind of, like, grapefruity and... 
delightful. So, mm-hmm. are you? Do you guys have any plans for Valentine's Day? You know, actually, I'm I'm on the fence. I'll probably do it today. But um, one of my favorite dates with Matt, um, when we were first dating, was that we went and saw um Woody Allen, which I guess is a little bit meh now, but Woody Allen at the Carlisle Hotel. Um, oh, nice. and he he plays the clarinet, and it was with his band, jazz band, and it was one of my favorite dates that That's we ever so did. Fun. Um, but anyways, the Carlisle, their in-house uh, pianist, is doing a live sort of Valentine's Day virtual thing. And I was like, you know what? That would be kind of nice. It's only 30 minutes and it's 20 bucks. And I was like, it would just kind of force us to sit down and do something. It sucks to not be yeah. you know, able to go physically there. But I, know, I love you the Carlisle guys especially Hotel. have such good date ideas. I always feel like you would tell me of like cool, fun things that you guys did or shows you no, went to. So that no. sounds really We'll see. Fun. But what about you and Dave? Are you guys doing anything? I'm sure we'll Zoom yeah. or FaceTime. Um, but we've kind of started just a list of like things that we want to celebrate when we're back together, I which know. won't be for yeah, you can long. do it like you can extend soon. it, which will be really well, exactly. nice. Exactly. And and like now it gives us an excuse to go to like a million fancy restaurants when they're not as busy, which and hopefully when we're able to kind of to go dine somewhere nice inside we'll like have all these built up like make the list right like new year's eve valentine's day all these things so i totally agree yeah Yeah. we're looking forward to that i know well happy valentine's day to all of our listeners (laughs) and galentine's day i feel like like (laughs) forbidden word Um, (laughs) all right well while we're sipping we want to read this amazing email from ellen she said greetings my name is ellen and i'm a senior in college studying radiology this past year i've spent my days in and out of hospitals assisting with the covid19 pandemic even on the darkest days i put on the pod and suddenly things begin to lighten up i think it is inspiring to see the royal family having to adjust to the pandemic like the rest of us seeing them wear masks fix their crappy zoom lighting and make pinterest projects reminds me that they are experiencing the same things as we are and it gives me hope thank you for making royally obsessed a bright part of my day wow that's such a nice note it's see it feels so good to know that we're in your ears while you're doing something so incredible like studying radiology yeah i feel like i applaud everyone in the healthcare and medical fields and you guys are are heroes. Did you see the Amanda Gorman um, poem before the Super Bowl? Did yes. you watch the Super Bowl, Rachel? I watched bits and pieces. I was actually on deadline for a story at Pure Wow. So <laughs> I was watching it, but I was also working. Yeah, I, and, yeah. I kind of was on my phone yeah. most of the time. But, <laughs> but um, no, but it was in, uh, amazing. Really poetry. good. Really good. I can't well, we'll wait get into poetry. That. That's yeah. a tease of, of uh, what's later to come. in the episode. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, one quick royal find we want to mention that People is actually launching People Magazine, a quarterly magazine devoted to all things royal. Roberta, this is huge. Print magazines don't come up every day anymore. I cannot wait to see this when I'm standing in line at the grocery store. I'm so, so excited. I know. And you can actually subscribe by going to peopleroyals.com slash launch. so if you want to make sure it's in your mailbox too, I might actually do that. Is it just called Royals? Or what is it? What is the magazine called? Do you I know? think it's called People Royals. I think I don't know if I there was an official. The we kind of saw a mock-up. I don't know if that's I the final cover. I think it was like cover. a tease of the cover, yeah. And Kate is on the cover, which is – it looks like she'll be the launch issue. But the idea is that they're going to have a different royal as the cover story every time a new issue drops. It's like so, so exciting. I think it's it makes sense for People Magazine. They cover so many celebrities. So to have a dedicated – I think Diana is the person that has appeared on their cover the most times too. Oh, wow. Yeah, which is – you know, they definitely have always covered the royals and this is kind of their bread and butter. So it, it really does make sense. And can you tell us your People Magazine story because – Well, I just – I've one. just always been so obsessed with – 
all of the people magazine coverage of the royals. So I have written in a couple of times and had my my <laughs> letters published in the mailbag. But I but I really do. I feel like I have them all like archived all the all the Diana issues in particular. Uh, but yeah, this this looks really great. And apparently there's a first person essay from Fergie in the premiere issue. And I thought it was interesting that the cover lines nod to Harry and Meghan. So they will be by royals. They're talking about Harry and Meghan, too. So, yeah, definitely. I feel like these will all be kind of collectible. Don't, oh, don't yeah. they look like, if, as far as, like, the mock-up that we saw, it's, like, so stunning. Like, something that yeah. you definitely would want on, like, your coffee table. So I think so. For sure. Very exciting. All right, guys. This week in royal history. And now, this week in royal history. A little bit of a, on a sadder note, the death of Princess Margaret. She passed away on February 9th, 2002 at the age of 71. Um, I'm definitely in the thick of Princess Margaret stuff with reading 99 Glimpses. I'm so into that book. I recommend it again. Uh, But when she passed away, it was as a result of a stroke. And that was actually sort of the final health issue in a series of health issues that had left her partially paralyzed. The queen Mm -hmm. announced the death of her sister with great sadness via a Buckingham Palace statement. Um, But I think just looking back, you know, what we know so many things about Margaret, we've seen her depicted in the crown. um, And there was so much fascinating insight in her obituary in the New York Times. Mm -hmm. I actually really recommend reading it. It's very in-depth, very lengthy. But we know, of course, that Margaret was a free spirit and that her 20s were really, really caught up in her romance with group captain Peter Townsend of the Royal Air Force. And that was basically the bulk of season one of The Crown. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. It was truly his divorce that cast a pall on their relationship, really the reason that it was blocked, as we saw. But basically, it was because Wallace Simpson was really playing in everyone's head. I I just feel like that is, you know, so sad that – because now, obviously, we've passed that. That is no longer taboo for the royal family. But for her, it really was. It was just the timing. And the queen being the head of the church and everything like that. I was going to say, I don't know how like how true to real life this plot line was of the crown, but when Peter Townsend is offered a place in the queen's house, yeah, or no, the queen mother, it's the queen mm-hmm. mother's household, and whoever is like senior, you know, um, Lord Chamberlain or something is like really discouraging him not to accept it because he knows about Princess Margaret's relationship and how damning it could be for the royal family. And I think back to that and how much sadness she really endured. And like, it just, I don't know. I think it would have really changed the trajectory of her life had she been allowed to be with Peter Townsend. And I did think what was interesting in her obituary, and just to kind of fact check the crown, is that she really did brush the lint from his uniform at the Queen's coronation, and that was what outed their relationship. That was the photographers really did catch that, and that's when they were like, scandal, this is happening. So... I thought that was really interesting. She did marry Anthony Armstrong Jones instead after breaking it off with Peter. And that led to the birth of her two kids, Viscount Lindley and Lady Sarah Chatto. And she divorced Anthony in 1978, as we know. But she was mostly criticized, you know, she was criticized for her moodiness, beloved for her generosity, her loyalty to the queen and to her friends, but most of all, her sense of fun. So, mm-hmm. which is kind of how we've we've seen ebb and flow, again, however truthful it is, but in the crowd. I love I, – I think I love picturing her as the kind of antithesis to the queen's, you know, stoicism and sense of duty. Like the fact that she's – Margaret is the spare in this sense and able to have a lot of freedom with that and, and takes advantage of that and is so fashionable. I feel like she had some of the best 
outfits on the I know. I know she <laughs> and really, also in real life. <laughs> she really lived so many yeah. lives too in her yeah. in her 71 years. Uh, I did like and well it was interesting the New York Times dubbed her the black sheep of her generation of royals. Interesting word choice because of you know everything that came I think after with Diana. Yeah. Um, and she wasn't actually bothered by that. She even told a filmmaker filmmaker John Cocteau disobedience is my joy. So I think that kind of sums her up but she really yeah she like embodied that like playful kind of rule breaker yeah one thing i did want to mention i I won't get into all the fascinating details about margaret but just food for thought is that the queen there was a quote in her obituary that was actually taken from 1995 when peter townsend passed away and it was from harold brooks baker who was a genealogist in the uk and he said in my opinion the queen barring her from marrying townsend this was the turning point to disaster for the royal family. After Princess Margaret was denied marriage, it backfired and more or less ruined Margaret's life. The queen decided that from then on, anyone someone in her family wanted to marry would be more or less acceptable. The royal family and the public now feel they've gone too far in the other direction. That's so interesting. Is that Isn't like directed at Meghan and Harry, do you think, or no? I think it's more that the queen is really trying to give sort of not be a blocker. It might yeah. not be directed at Harry and Meghan, but I think that it's it's sort of she's given everyone the freedom. Mm-hmm. And I don't I don't think that because this was 1995 when that quote was given, so it wasn't directed at Harry and Meghan for well, sure. Well, I mean, also Camilla, I feel like she learned her lesson that way too in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Like that is like. I mean, if you think about, like, I think Diana and Charles are the most doomed romance of all time. Like, for him to like Camilla and then not really be allowed to, well, she was married, obviously. So I think, you know, that's another example. But yeah, this, it is, it's so sad to me. I think Margaret did, though, on, you know, we want to end on a happy note. I feel like she found happiness with Anthony Armstrong Jones and their two kids. Mm -hmm. And I feel thankful for that. I know that that ended up in a divorce as well. And that's, kind of sad how that all devolved but, but I, think I do her think her relationship that- with her qu- the queen too was really it her, mm-hmm. her and to her many many uh patronages and things like that was very positive it makes me so sad that she was like i think relatively young like it's been a long time it's next year will be 20 years since the queen lost her sister that's mm-hmm. a long time i don't know yeah. it's just it's very true <sighs> all right This week in royal news, catching up with the Sussexes. So we first saw Harry and Meghan had a poetry Zoom. So for Black History Month, they surprised the Get Lit Poetry Group. Love the name. It's an L.A.-based organization aimed at increasing teen literacy. I think their curriculum is now taught in over 100 schools in California. They are marking the release of Get Lit's new 2021 virtual anthology, which celebrates Black authors and poets. And Megan and Harry jumped on the call, and it was the most delightful surprise for these kids. They're, I mean, their faces say it all. It's just incredible to see the screenshot of the Zoom. I love – so some of the tidbits that I love, Megan shared some of her favorite lines of poetry. We don't know – what poem it was from but we know that she kind of recited that for the class which i thought was really sweet they also got music suggestions from the class and listened to three of the students poems mason granger who's a poetry teacher for get lit wrote on instagram he posted a photo of the 
uh, Zoom and said, so Prince Harry and Meghan dropped into my poetry class on Saturday and kicked it with the Get Lit players for a multitude of minutes. I love that multitude of minutes. Multitude of minutes. (laughs) So poetic. He said, my favorite part of it all was Meghan echoing so many sentiments we've talked about in class about this particular moment in time and history to be a young person, the ripple effect of a single voice. The root of them deciding to come is because at some point in their lives, they were moved by a poem, which like... Side note, I would love to know what those poems are. Yeah, I, I would too. Find out. Mason wrote, fast forward, ripple, ripple, ripple. And these kids get a surprise 45-minute chat with the prince and Megan. I thought that was so clever how he wrote that. Yeah, fast I loved forward, that. ripple, ripple, ripple. It was pretty surreal, he said. My kids shared poems. They asked questions. The kids answered and asked questions back. They responded authentically. They actually read and learned the kids' bios I sent earlier. 10 out of 10 would recommend them for your next Zoom poetry <laughs> practice. Great. Stellar endorsement there. Um, I love that they they were sent bios and like actually took the time to kind of like study up on these people. I yeah, that, that really, really speaks to their devotion to the causes and the interests that they participate in. Yeah, I think that's – and so consider when it's kids too, I think it's probably really – I would be – Speechless. Like, I would be flabbergasted. And to think that, you know, as a teenager, you probably feel really awkward or don't know what to say. And to have Harry and Megan kind of prompt them because they already know a bit of their background is such a smart way to do things. It's also just, it's incredibly life changing, right? Like, that will define those kids' lives if you think about it. Like, having someone that gave them the time of day, I just feel like someone of that magnitude that gave them the time of day and made them were basically they were seen you know totally totally one of the kids even wrote like she said invite Beyonce next time because I am confident now Megan knows my name (laughs) um I love that these insights from Diana Luby Lane who's the founder and executive director of Get Lit she said that the appearance was the most shocking and thrilling moment of our lives After they left, she's saying they, the Sussexes, left, one of the poets started crying and said, I need someone to explain what just happened right now. Diana also told Huffington Post, the Duke and Duchess knew the names of each of the poets and talked about their lives, which completely blew them away. They took music suggestions from the poets and said that they would be their dinner playlist. They both listened so deeply to every word of the three poems they heard. She said the couple also discussed deep things like racism and the importance of listening to one another. When Harry and Meghan left the screen, I think we all felt like crying because it was like, no, stay a little longer. Um, and then obviously all these kids were posting about it on Instagram separately and saying how they felt and they all just had such like wonderful things to say. I felt like this was such a bright spot for this week and, um, you know, I mean, before the Royal Baby News, that was really the highlight. (laughs) But also this is, I thought our week couldn't get any better. Couldn't get any better and then it does. Yeah, no, totally. But also this is Harry and Meghan's first joint appearance in 2021, right? Yeah. And they haven't been on a Zoom together, I think in two months i want to say it was november we last saw them together when it was a paparazzi photo of them in beverly hills and that was right december christmas right 20th around there yeah so i we haven't seen them together on a zoom in so long i think it might have been maybe the the time magazine thing um but i mean i've just missed them so much i feel like especially megan who has been really laying low i think with all the trial stuff going on so yeah they look so relaxed and happy too i just feel like i know it's just a screenshot we're not getting the actual video but they really do look in their element 
Well, and Harry looks so tan. I feel like he he's does. really taking advantage of that pool, which is great. And she, <laughs> we have to talk about sunshine. the fashion. Yeah, um, she was wearing a relaxed blue button-up, as you said. Um, not sure the ID. Most people have guessed J. Crew, from what I read, mm-hmm. uh, and a necklace, and then just like looks radiant. They both look really, really happy and and great. What did you think about the screenshot? Every screenshot is her biting her tongue. That's like the one that's being shared and she's smiling. Just screenshot as they were talking. Is it the same screenshot every time or is it different sort of? I think it's one screenshot that's been shared over and over. I'm pretty sure. So I'm imagining that someone just took it and it's like the way any of us, it's like you're just kind of caught off, like caught in a weird position. You know what I mean? Maybe she was maybe she was mid-sentence. Yeah, Yeah. totally. I also think there's something about being more photogenic and biting your inside of your cheeks. Have you heard that? I mean, I maybe I feel like but you're, maybe the, you're the one that would teach it to me. Remember when we smiled? You taught me the smiles. smiles. Yeah. Wait, I'm trying. Wait, to was smize. it the squinch or the smiles? Remember the um, squinch? What's the squinch? Were you kind of like, like I'm doing it for you right now? How do I describe it? To her? <laughs> I feel like I'm trying to do it and I look mad. You um, like squinch your eyes a little, like, and you yeah. like do a little. It's like oh, Emma Stone oh, yeah, was yeah, yeah. super good yes, at it. Yes, 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 yes. When you smile, you kind of. I think that was one of the first stories I wrote at Pure Wow was about the squinch and. <laughs> Maybe it's a photogenic thing. Not sure. I find it a little strange. Like, I was like, why is she biting her tongue? That's a little weird. But I'm trying I to do it right. I, I'll give her the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> I think it looks cute on you. Yeah. That, that was when cute. When I did the tongue. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm practicing it. It's my new Zoom move. I do think they're kind of playing off, though, this big moment that poetry is having with Amanda Gorman, who it's I huge. am constantly blown away by. I feel like I watched her inauguration poem many times so many times well you're a huge poetry fan in general i am i do i like i love poetry yeah no i do too i i think that and i feel like it also for me it's like a nice um connection back to you know charles is really really passionate about poetry as is a lot of the royal family but he is particularly you know an advocate for it and brings it up constantly uh so i do think that there's a nice tie there but yeah amanda gorman i think that you know her her Super Bowl performance as well. It's just, it's really exciting. Well, and the interesting thing I read is that she actually was in this group, Get Lit. She was, uh, yeah, so she was like somehow affiliated with it. Either they had her as a guest or she was one of these poets, but yeah. Really what an incredible. inspiration, you know, I Amanda know. Gorman and all these future poets are current poets, but like, you know, the And like a good way have. to tack on to like what's happening right now, but not like, it's not like directly in the spotlight, but it's, I don't know. I thought it was great to kind of honor Black History Month in a, in a unique way. Like, I, I don't know. I just think that that was really smart of them. Yeah. The next sighting, I guess this was actually over the weekend, Harry was spotted on a tour bus with James Corden all over Hollywood. There were three cameramen, a police escort, but no masks, which... But they were on an open air. Yeah, they, and they were. I thought that they were like intentionally spaced kind of across at the top of the double decker bus, like on either side. But and I'm sure I'm James sure they were tested. With his show, yeah, gets like proper precautionary measures taken. Yeah. So we'll let it slide. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but he was so Harry wasn't just taking in the sights of his new city or getting his bearings. 
They were actually filming a special episode of Carpool Karaoke is the rumor. So I'm hoping it airs this month. This month is actually sweeps month. I guess there's Well, did you certain- see Lady Gossip's hot take? And I am definitely I'm giving her the credit, but just about why they were maybe doing this. Did you did you no. see this? That so she her observation, her prediction is that so Carpool Karaoke actually began in England as part of Red Nose Day. And it was 10 years ago on March 18th, 2011 was the first episode. And, you know, we know that Harry and James are friends. Red Nose Day is coming up again in March. So could this be some sort of, you know, because Harry, everything he does is related to a cause, right? He's never doing any appearance that's not driving towards that. And so it's the 10-year anniversary of Red Nose Day. We know Red Nose Day is a campaign that ends child poverty and uses entertainment and comedy to kind of help raise funds. So anyways, I just thought that was a really interesting I prediction. think you're probably right. I didn't know that Carpool Karaoke started in I didn't either. I guess England. George Michael was the I very first episode. No, I mean, I, I only saw it when it was big here, but I never yeah. saw the very beginnings. I didn't even know it was 10 years old. So wow. Lady Gossip with a really, really interesting prediction there, I thought. Okay, well, ignore what I said about Sweeps Month. No, but, but I think Sweeps, I mean, these are all predictions. These are all predictions. So who knows? I just I just saw that and I thought it was interesting. Um, I wish that it was an actual carpool karaoke because we know Harry can sing and we're going to play a clip. You say. Okay, I kind of teased it a little too much. It was just a couple notes of Hamilton from 2018, but I think he's an incredible singer just from that. I mean, I yeah, I immediately when my ears like, let's yeah. Let's hear a, car- a true carpool karaoke. Come on, Harry. <laughs> the thing about the cause that you mentioned that's interesting is that he was wearing a black polo, mm. and some eagle-eyed fans have said it could be an Invictus Games polo, oh. so he could be promoting that as well. Another very astute prediction. But Red Nose Day does make sense, so I think, I mean, we'll just have to wait and see. I thought it would be sooner that we'd see it. I'm like, I just think it has to far. have a cause. There, ha- It has yeah, to be connected totally. to a cause. Yeah, totally, totally. But what a great little, another bright spot with lots of positive things over the last I week. know, I know. And then one more little thing about Harry and Meghan. So they actually, it was revealed this week that they had a call with the California governor, Gavin Newsom. We're just now learning about it, but it actually took place mid-October, a couple weeks before the election. And people are really riled up. They say that the Sussexes are getting too political. Why were they calling the governor of California two weeks before the election? What's going on? Insiders say that as two well-known arrivals to the state, Governor Newsom wanted to welcome them to California. But it's interesting to me because, like, he doesn't call every famous person and welcome them to the state of California. I know, you know but I, mean? I think it's more about, to me, I think that that's all kind of like people just blowing out of proportion because I mm-hmm. feel like they, you know, it's definitely a relationship they as advocates and humanitarians would want to have. That's and, true. And I feel like Gavin Newsom wasn't up for re-election in that election, but I think just kind of reading some different things, I'm curious if it has to do with their efforts on behalf of policy changes to tech. Because I feel like if they just wanted to kind of get some thoughts in front of the governor, you know, there's so much tech in California, but who knows? But I do think it's, I mean, the timing is interesting, though, because it's like, well, if it's not to do with the election, why not wait till after? Yeah, it's true. That's very true. 
I don't know. But I don't know what influence they would have in that regard. Right? As someone with a relative in California, what do you think about that? <laughs> I know. <laughs> Did he call your sister and welcome her to <laughs> yeah, the state? right? I mean, that would be nice, right? <laughs> okay, well, so some Cambridge updates we've got. So we have another Zoom that Kate participated in. We're back to just reporting on Zooms, Roberta, because the I'm kind of the over stage. it. Yeah. I, I, I want to see in person. Me too, me too. Yeah, but uh, but both we had individual Zooms first from Kate, and she did another Zoom with Place to Be, which is um, in honor of their Children's Mental Health Week. She continues to support that and also that she's a patron. But this time we saw her wearing a stunning Rebecca Taylor tweed jacket that we first saw in 2017. And it really made the case for how really appealing that is in a Zoom call. I just think she looked very the polished tweed looked amazing and put together camera, in the blue. Yeah. yeah. Um, but so this time she was chatting with teachers and about how they're keeping students afloat during this impossible time. Uh, I loved her rapid fire questioning, which we kind of saw the flip side. Like she was on the receiving end the first time and answering the question, saying like negative five and math skills when she did that call. Yep. And now this time she's doing the asking and she's a great interviewer. So we're going to play a snippet from this call. So, so passionate about all the work that uh, teachers up and down the country are doing. You're doing the most amazing job. You're a lifeline to so many families out there. Um, so well done. I know it takes an awful lot of effort, energy, patience. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, a huge, a huge thank you, not only for your time today, but also for the for the hard work you do on a day to day basis for the children that you look after. I mean, I think her interest in this is just so genuine. I also love that this was where the Kate and Charlotte hair flip TikTok was born, because in this call is when Kate flips her ponytail and lo and behold, the TikTok user, I guess it's at Royal Fan Cams matched it up with Charlotte doing it on her first day of school at Thomas's Battersea. So if you haven't seen that that video, it's on our Royally Obsessed podcast Instagram if you, yes, you want to check is. it out. What an incredible catch. I would never have thought to look back. I mean, that, it's that sort is of like also, a nervous tick almost. It is. But it's it is. like they both did it kind of very, I'm doing it right now. The exact same <laughs> way where they twist the ponytail over and then like push it back. Yeah, it was, it was really cute. We now know where Charlotte gets that. But yeah, I just, I loved it. I'm also really into to this kind of fancy camera work. We've seen it a couple of times, but this was a much crisper shot and they have this beautiful setup uh, with all the, you know, p- plants behind them, but just the side angle where they, you know, you're not just seeing the Zoom face-on footage, you're seeing also the, like, actual laptop and Kate talking to the screen. Yeah, and it's much more produced, I it feel It is, like. it, it is. There's someone definitely, else. Yeah, this, that takes, like, a team of people to do it. And I thought, that, I think it's, it's like, a better quality feed too I think yeah I liked it I thought I think that yeah. it's kind of different and Kate also you know she did have her royal rewear with the Rebecca Taylor tweed jacket um, and, but when she wore it the first time in 2017 she wore it with blue and sapphire earrings that were very fancy obviously and from Princess Diana's jewelry collection but this time she chose a more affordable option and they were uh, from Misoma they were hoop earrings with a little charm and those are actually still in stock at $110 hot tip <laughs> But I fully (laughs) recommend anyone that hasn't should definitely go to the Royal Family YouTube and watch the full interview because beyond just seeing Kate, it's actually really compelling content hearing from the teachers and how bright and optimistic they are still in a very difficult time. These earrings are so pretty. I just clicked. They're the, really the pretty. Link. I really Do that like link them. in there for you. <laughs> also, if you have Raku- Rakuten, I don't know how he's at Rakuten. You yeah, two percent back. I just got Ooh. an alert. <laughs> I have that plug in. So pro tip for shoppers <laughs> like me who can't stop online shopping. Oh my gosh, that's like me with honey. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so on to Prince William, we had another Zoom call from him. This time it was, you know, 
it, very in line with his Earthshot work, he Zoomed with seven environmental activists that are leaders within the UN Environment Program's Young Champions of the Earth. They're recipients of that award, and some, they hail from all over the world, the U.S., Kenya, China, Kuwait, and more. He chatted with them about what comes next after earning this prize, and we're going to play a clip from that call. Just so proud of everything you guys have done. It's uh, it's really, really fantastic. Really had to, to to take some hits and some bumps along the way to get your projects off the ground. But they are inspiring. They are practical. They're tangible. Uh, and you guys are making a real difference. So the UN Environment Program is is an, uh, a global alliance partner for Earthshot. So I think that, you know, this completely is in line with all of the work that William is doing on behalf of that. But I just, I think for me, it just got me really excited again about Earthshot because what we do know is that there is supposed to be a glittering, quote, glittering ceremony this fall that for the first batch a of awards. Glittering winners, ceremony, yeah, glittering, not just any glittering. ceremony. So I feel like, wow. you know, this is very much in motion. It's a 10-year project where awards are being given out for Earthshot every year. The awards supposedly have already been uh, you know, I think that the submission process has closed for the recipients of the Earthshot, mm. but the awards are set to happen fall 2021. So, so incredible. And I think some of these projects that the people are working on are so incredible, too. I think one was changing rubbish into paving stones and another is fighting to save endangered salmon. So they have like really kind of it runs a gamut of environmental work. And I think that's what's so exciting about the Earthshot is it's really not narrow in its focus. Yeah. Um, so it'll be exciting to hear more about I that. I can't wait to see who is selected for the first batch. Beyond yeah. the glittering ceremony, I really can't wait to see the actual work that they're doing because we really are in such desperate need. I just really want to see the glittering ceremony. <laughs> Please right, let on. a red carpet be possible <laughs> yeah. by then. My gosh. Please. Yeah. We need it. Uh, moving on to the queen. So we had two news items about the queen. First, a new hire. She hired MI5 boss Sir Andrew Parker, not to be confused with Andrew Parker Bowles, <laughs> as Lord Chamberlain. He, As Lord Chamberlain, he'll be ro- the royal household's most senior position. He's going to provide advice and support to the sovereign, as well as acting as the main channel between the queen and the House of Lords. His job is also to ensure the smooth running of all the different departments and oversee all senior appointments in the household. So my thought is that we've seen a lot of them kind of cleaning house and staff changes and over the past few weeks especially. I feel like if you want to clean things up with the palace and with leaks from the palace, you definitely hire like a CIA type guy to do it, right? (laughs) Like this is probably the most appropriate hire. Um, And it'll be interesting to see kind of what happens with Sir Andrew Parker. He has actually been in the MI5 since 1983. He led wow. the intelligence agency's response to the July 7th London terrorist attacks back in 2005, and he'll be replacing Earl Peel, who is... He's retiring, right? Yep, in that post for 14 years, so... And then one more kind of complicated news bullet that yeah, I will this try I'm not still to trying butcher. to understand. Yeah, totally. I think Please this is don't just drill. Kind of I asked Rachel yeah. not to drill me on this out during question time <laughs> because I'm so not confident, but we'll see. Okay, so the whole story is that The Guardian published an article claiming the queen is trying to keep her private wealth private. The article does unearth some letters between the queen's lawyers who strongly object to proposed laws that would disclose all shareholders of public companies. Those letters are from the 1970s. So they really did some digging and found these letters from almost 50 years ago. 
Following meetings with the Queen's lawyers, the government inserted a clause into a law granting itself the power to exempt heads of state from these new transparency measures. This arrangement kind of helped place a veil of secrecy over the Queen's private shareholdings and investments until at least 2011. So they did not have to disclose the Queen's investments, where her money was located, allocated to, I mean, um, the palace has actually discredited the article from The Guardian saying the procedure in question called the Queen's Consent has never been abused by Her Majesty. They said that the Queen's Consent, which is – so the Queen's Consent is legislation that may directly affect the interests of the monarch must be presented to her before being debated in the House of Commons, but she always gives consent when her – you know, her aides – When this said, comes up. Yeah, exactly. So – it's different from the royal assent, which is where people are getting confused. The royal assent is when the monarch signs off on prepared legislation after a debate, but it's as a constitutional formality. So the queen's consent just means that they should present laws to her or legislation to her that would actually personally affect her and her mm -hmm. family. The royal assent is just signing off on things that have already been decided. In either way, she has never really abused that power is what the palace is claiming. The Guardian is saying otherwise. They obviously said that these letters prove that her solicitors kind of interfered in the workings of government and that caused the law to kind of give her this veil of secrecy over where her money is kind of invested. It's definitely um, really fascinating. I think that that was where The Guardian was originally investigating was the Queen's cons consent. They were looking into that as sort of an archaic practice, and that's when they uncovered these letters. Right. And I think it's it's interesting, too, because back then, she was worth a lot more. I think that mm -hmm. actually, you know, she used to be – It's a, her, her wealth, accumulation of wealth was actually – um, totaled seven billion in the 1980s, wow. and now it's more like 500 million. I think they've stopped counting things that are kind of, you know, both owned by the country and the monarchy. So, like the area, it's like a, I think it's like 12 meters of water surrounding the country is like owned <laughs> by the queen or something. You know, like these things that you can't actually put like a like value with a dollar side. exactly. Yeah. And so I think that the has affected her wealth. Exactly. And and so they have now, you know, reduced her to 500 million, which obviously is still an still insane amount, but she doesn't make like the top 100 wealthiest people in in the world list anymore. So um, it is interesting, though, the palace was quick to kind of, you know, disagree Comment with this. this. Yeah. yeah. So and shut it down. Um, but I think Andrew Morton also kind of brought to light some of the places where the queen's private wealth was being invested and it was through the bank of england and that kind of um spurred all this this investigation so it's interesting it's very interesting and as right as the queen is kicked kicking off her 70th year on the throne this week too which is crazy yeah all right before <sighs> what we a week <laughs> i know i'm so glad you did not drill me with questions before we adjourn the royal pod here are our highs and lows it's time for the royal highs and lows my low of the week is that Samantha Markle's tell-all, in quotes, is now out. It's called The Diary of Princess Pushy's Sister, Part 1. <laughs> they could have workshopped that title a little more, I think, because that's rough. Yeah. And obviously it um, alludes to there being a Part 2, which I believe Samantha has told the press she's currently working on, but I will definitely not be picking this book up. Mm -hmm. uh, it's also... 
seems a bit excessive to have a two-part book about your sibling that you're just bitter about and are trying to tear down. I feel like the whole motive of this is just awful. Um, But according to Vanity Fair, the book has barely registered on Megan's radar. Megan has not seen Samantha for years, so the idea that she's even worried about the book is nonsense. Megan barely knows Samantha, and they haven't seen each other for 20 years. That's from a source from Vanity Fair. But Megan might write her own book. So she's reportedly had numerous approaches and lucrative offers from respectable publishing houses, which I am not surprised. I feel like this move would be very Michelle Obama, especially since they've done Netflix and Spotify. And now this is like... Yes, totally. The next, you know, the next... That's a book I would buy. Makes sense. Yeah, the next (laughs) step. Same, same. we'll, We'll talk about titles on a later episode. What's your low? So my low is just a lack of another Archwell Audio episode. When is the next one coming? And I, I think thought it's about on this my- too. I, I was like surprised that we haven't gotten another one. I know it's, it's already February. Yeah. We haven't heard from them since Christmas. And and I also was thinking about it on with Omid Scobie. He recently shared Spotify's earnings report and his and the quote that they included about Archwell Audio is: "We were pleased with the performance of the Duke and Duchess's holiday special and look forward to a full scale launch of shows in 2021." So I'm just I I just kind of can't wait. I I keep. I know we'll get an update. I mean, if you're subscribed, you'll hear, but there hasn't been anyone. So any new episodes, I'm looking forward to it. I know. Full scale. I feel like I was expecting one every month. So I'm actually a little, I was a little disappointed. Nothing for January. Hopefully February. We'll see. Mm -hmm. My high this week is that we got a glimpse of Megan and Harry's thank you cards for well-wishers who sent them holiday wishes or, or Merry Christmas cards. So the thank you card just arrived, and it's a shot from their Australia tour in 2018 with Megan holding the umbrella over Harry, and it's raining. I just feel like it's really funny that the umbrella analogy is still, like, really going strong for them. <laughs> like, they love the umbrella analogy like nothing's gonna rain on our parade we are protected by each other there's so much in this metaphor that you can read into it's very poetic might I add um I think it's interesting though their mail is still handled by Clarence House I thought that was really interesting So, so if you write them you would hear back right but you have to write to Clarence House and I think they do have a P.O. box on Archwell's website so maybe going forward they'll just switch over to that but back at Christmas time was when the website launched so they probably had a lot of mail coming in from you know the UK still so yeah interesting. interesting Two addresses potentially to reach them at. Yeah. Uh, my high of the week was just the glimpse I we teased it at the top of the episode that into Princess Anne's living room. Her and her husband, T- Sir Timothy Lawrence, were cheering on Scotland's rugby team, and we saw the interior of their abode at Gatcombe Park. What I is going on with that? <laughs> it is so messy. Well, I think that that was my high, was that it was basically, you know, royals. They're just like us. She's definitely yeah. a collector. There were so many horse trinkets, which really lines up with her equestrian days. I mean, there were floral couches. It was kind of like grandmother chic is that cottage I mean, core they call cottage it cottage core, core. <laughs> no, but I, don't I, know. I just i mean in the best possible way i really loved it all the piles that's my life right now it's just piles of papers home. yeah so she definitely has myriad interests and all that stuff in her living room is a reflection of that but i loved that glimpse i like that they're snuggled on the couch watching tv again like the royal documentary is it staged Probably yeah. not in this instance. I feel it like it didn't feel staged no, at all. It really they felt were like watching. a slice of life. Yeah, it, it did. It did. And I do think to the 
papers kind of speak, the piles of papers that we want to return to they they do speak to like their dedication to the because Anne is is a patron of hundreds of charities I feel like yeah. she's got her she's work so busy so of course she's reading all those books and reading all those papers all the time that's her life how does she keep up I love studying up on every person she meets so I think that's really wonderful. little fly on the wall yeah yes. we actually got a lot of people on Instagram requesting us to talk about this which was funny oh well, everyone cool. wanted to hear our take on the living room yeah so. amazing I-, I would love to see more of Anne at home email us your take too yes just a reminder before we close leave us a royal rating on Apple podcast here's a recent review from Caroline this podcast podcast has been a true bright spot during this very tough time. I so look forward to listening to new episodes every week. It's the small joys that keep me going as we wait for this pandemic to get under control. I also appreciate the factual nature of the information. So much royal news is biased or altogether false. I'm a political journalist and place a very high value on truth. Keep up the good work. That is Thank so you. kind. What a nice review. Thank you. Follow us on Instagram at Royally Obsessed and the Facebook group. You can also follow us personally. I'm at Robbie Frito. And I'm at RKBNYC. You can check out the Finn birthday content yeah. if you haven't already. Yeah, please. Uh, 50 please. comments, Rachel. Really? I think he got a lot of, a good, lot of good engagement. It was engagement. all in the cake. All the cake. Yeah. <laughs> the Instagram algorithm. You cracked it. All right. <laughs> Till next week. God, God save, save the, the pod. pod. Her Majesties of Royally Obsessed have retired for this episode. God save the pod. And if you fancy the podcast, give Royally Obsessed the royal rating of five stars on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast and join our Facebook group, Royally Obsessed. Royally Obsessed is a gallery podcast production.